Praise God. Thank you for that reading tonight. I am going to ask you to go with me. If you have a Bible at home, if you on your phone or maybe it's in your, in your hand or on your lap right now, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. The Gospel of the Physician. The Gospel of the Historian, Luke the Disciple, Luke the Apostle. I'm reading from verse 1 all the way down through verse 9. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and the sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man, this man receiveth sinners, and eats with them. And he spake this parable unto them, he being the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he said, What man of you, having one hundred sheep and hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, one of them, say it with me at home, one of them doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, if she loses one piece, doth not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. I want to talk out of this subject tonight, if you're into titles, what's missing? What's missing? Thank you, Lord, for your word tonight and your people, God of heaven, that are so intently in tune, desirous for a word for their soul, a word for their spirit, a word for their mind. Feed us tonight, God, and help us at this evening's end to be better than we are when it began. Bless your people, the young and the old alike, we give you all the praise. In the wonderful name of Jesus, God bless you. What's missing? What's missing? We've all had those moments in our life where we walk into the office or we walk into the garage, maybe we walk into the kitchen, and something just nudges us that something's amiss. Something's been moved. Something's been misplaced. I've actually left the house numerous times before. And while loading up in the truck or getting, you know, together, 
I just feel a little bit out of balance. I can't put my finger on anything. I prayed that morning. I read the Bible before I left the house. But something just seems a little out of balance, like something's missing, only to get down the road a ways and figure out, oh, that's why I felt that way. I left my wallet at home. Whatever it might have been, there's something told me your morning routine is just missing something a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? Something's missing. So I'm asking you tonight that are listening, paying attention on Facebook Live, or maybe checking this out on the podcast at another time, what's missing in your life? What is missing in your personal life? Oh, I'm sure we could name numerous things. But I wonder tonight, wonder with me, if after nine months, the nine-month storm of all storms, the mother of all attacks, pardon me for being that blunt, nine months long, Job was attacked from every angle that he could imagine. I wonder if Job, when it all seemed to settle down, he, I wonder if he walked around his property and assessed, assessed the difference between today and yesterday. I wonder if Job took an inventory of his belongings to see what maybe the storm had stolen out of his life. I don't know that if he had a clipboard and a piece of paper and a pencil or what it might have been. Or he may have just made mental notes. I wonder if he even at all walked around. Job was a rich man. Job had many possessions. Job had lots of land and cattle and servants and many things. I'm sure at some point after that storm went away, he must have walked around his property and said, something's missing over here. Where's that wagon? Where's that, where's that barn? Something's missing, and it has to be simply due to the storm that came into my life. Anybody hearing me preach tonight? The storms can take things out of our life that we had no idea we would lose here or there. I'm going to name a few items tonight. And I'm going to name some items that are lighthearted. We'll begin with just a simple, few simple things. And then I'm going to work towards something more meaningful that might be missing in our life or even in this society. <coughs> it seems that the things I wrote down, in my opinion, with every passing generation... There is either less of these or they have disappeared completely. How about customer service? If you are a young man or a young lady, then you don't know anything other than what you see every day as you trade and barter in the community. But not that long ago, when you went to a grocery store, a national chain or a little mom-and-pop independent, if you spent enough money and got enough groceries for a couple of bags, there were people that were on the payroll of that company that carried your groceries out to your car for you. Hmm, we don't even know what that means anymore. I worked for store managers, retail operators that were so 
anal, if I may, about customer service, that if they walk past the front end of the market, if they happen to go out in the parking lot to do something and came back in and they passed in going a customer loaded down with groceries or pushing a cart across the snow or a man trying to carry two 50-pound bags of dog food, and the store manager would always say, hey, let me help you with that. If that customer didn't say, I don't need your help, I've been asked already, I'm capable. If they said, sure, thank you for helping me, that manager would come back in the store, research the section that said customer went through their check stand two or check stand nine. And whoever was assigned to be a customer servant in that area, he would take you aside and warn you, and then if you didn't heed the warning, he'd write you up. Three write-ups in retail meant you lost your job. They were serious about serving their customers. <laughs> customer service. Some of you younger folks tonight are looking at the going, man, I'd never heard of anything like that. We, we buy, we bag, we carry. The, the retail community has retrained us as, as people that inhabit this land. They've retrained us to know that if we're going to get out to the car with them, we've got to take them ourselves. What about gas stations? What about gas stations? There was a time not too long ago where when you pulled up to the service station, people, uh, an employee of the service station, thank you, would actually come out to your vehicle, you'd roll your window down, and they would say, how can I help you, sir? How can I help you, ma'am? And you'd say, fill her up, or give me $10 of gas, and would you check my oil? It was customer service understanding. They would pump your gas, check and fill your oil. They would wash your windows front and back. And they would even put air in your tires. That was customer service. We don't know anything about that. This is customer service I'm talking about today. Well, it's missing. The type of customer service I'm discussing now is missing in society. Now, it's not life-changing. It means a lot when I'm down there at Fred Meyer pumping gas in January and the wind's blowing 50 mph. And the computer's slow to react. It means a lot. To, I wish somebody's out there doing it for me. But customer service, as a rule, that as I know it, is missing. You want, you want to just test it out? Go down to the gas station that you frequent. Chevron, Shell, Tesoro. And just get out there in your car and sit by that pump and wait. Just sit there and wait. Just wait. Thinking, well, you know. Customer service, sooner or later, someone will come out here. And yeah, they'll probably come out there about quitting time and say, can I help you, sir, something wrong? And you'll say, I'm waiting for you to fill her up, please. And of course, they'll look at you like you have two heads because that type of customer service is not offered anymore. What about something as simple as old-fashioned milk of human kindness? I'm not talking about kindness that's situationally placed. There's a motive that underlies your kindness. I'm just talking about kindness because it's the right thing to do. I'm not talking about kindness because 
It's, it's going to earn you notice or attention or a brownie point. I'm not talking about notice that you give because she's pretty or he's handsome. But I'm talking about kindness to every person, the poor or the wealthy, the tall or the short, the heavy or the skinny, the pretty or the ugly. I'm talking about kindness that's just there because they're human beings. And when you interact with them, we, we want to be kind to people. As a rule, I don't think it's gone totally, but it's gone quite a bit. I'm going to get a little more serious now if you'll allow me to. What about traditional values? Traditional values, as a rule, in many, many sections of society are gone. I want to build a bridge there with a thought for you, though, before I really drive the nail home on traditional value. Things like Thanksgiving dinners with your family or your friends, that shouldn't be missing in our society. I mean, simple things like seeing kids down on the corner parking lot playing baseball in the summer. Without any uniforms, without any umpires, just a community innocence. Small town feel. What about teaching kids? Teaching kids to work. Huh. Some parents say, no, my kids need to learn or to love childhood while they're young. Yeah, and there comes a time when that child needs to be taught. Dishes have to be washed. Rugs have to be vacuumed. Whatever it might be. What, what, what's missing today in that area? Why don't we teach our kids to work? Why don't we teach our kids anything that's good? And many of you do. I know that. I'm not, I'm not jumping on a, a negative. I'm just saying that it might be missing in some part of society. Praise God. But as a rule, in too many places, traditional values are missing. Oh, let me, let me preach as it gets quiet in your mind right now. Traditional values, as a rule, not in every person, but in too many people, are missing tonight. Alan Bloom wrote the book, The Closing of the American Mind. Alan Bloom, The Closing of the American Mind. Listen to some of these quotes I took from his book. Bloom says that institutions of higher learning have rewritten our thoughts about value relevance. He said, we have led this nation, or this type of attitude, has led this nation down the path to nihilism. N-I-H-I-L-I-S-M. Nihilism. That is the belief that all traditional values are basically unfounded. Unquote. He goes on to say that even our existence, according to nihilism and people that are rewriting value relevance, that even our existence at best is senseless and at worst useless. Bloom goes on to say that we have spawned an entire generation that develops values and dreams by taking or following the easiest paths in life. He says financial markers have supplanted all the goals of the American mind. Unquote. He said we no longer see any value in learning just for knowledge's sake. He goes on to say it's all about the money now. 
We learn because it can prosper us. We learn because it can elevate you. We learn because it can put you in a greater pay scale. And I get all of that. We want to live as comfortably as we can. But thank God for people that just want to elevate their knowledge for knowledge's sake. There's still some of that around, thank the Lord. Although knowledge puffs up, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1, it can be used to help society regain some things that we've lost. Hallelujah. So how do we do that? What can we do about it? How can we rekindle things we've lost? Things that have just fallen by the wayside and we don't even know where they went. Well, I don't know how to get kids interested in putting baseball cards between the spokes of their bicycle anymore. I don't know how to get kids interested in, in uh, cool little prizes that used to be in Cracker Jack boxes. Not these little phony little tattoos they put in there now. Something like these cool little decoder rings that kids used to think they were I spy with. Little single eyeglasses that were supposed to give them x-ray vision. I don't know how to do any of that. That's gone. It's, it's out of our American way of thinking anymore. It's silliness. But I do know this, and if you're taking any notes tonight, take notes for the next five minutes, please. What you truly believe about the Bible, what you really, truly, sincerely, internally believe about the Bible, not what you tell me you believe, not what I tell you I believe, but what we really believe about the Bible is betrayed in how we live every day. What we really believe the Bible says is betrayed in how we live, how we treat people, how we forgive people. Oh, somebody, somebody hear me. How we forgive people, how we care about people, people that can't prosper you, people that can't help you, can't elevate you. They're just people. How do you care about those people? How do you forgive those people? How do you deal with those people? Someone said, how you do anything is really how you will do everything. And I believe that. So let's bring back something that matters. Let's bring back important issues that really matter. Here's a couple of them, like faith in God. Let's bring back faith in God that doesn't have to be stirred up by a minister, by a revival meeting, faith in God that simply comes out of his word that says, my God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think or think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm talking about childlike faith that says, God has got this. He can do anything I need him to do. My family's lost. My kids are ailing. My job has been taken away from me, but I've got Faith in God tonight. Give us the faith that we are missing because it fell by the wayside again. Brother, you know you can do that. You can turn your face toward the heaven and stir up the gift of God that's within you all over again. How about things like being a doer of the Word of God, not just talking about it? Nothing. If you, if you caught the podcast I downloaded or I had downloaded yesterday about about things that are important, things that are personality characteristics that minister to you. Being a doer, not a whiner. I, I want to say that probably the 
most admirable human characteristic to me. It doesn't have to be to you, but to me. I like people that solve problems, people that, that they encounter an issue, the mountain is large, the issue is much, the financial problem is huge, but they think about it, they assess it, they pray about it, and then they come back to you and say, we can do this. We can make this happen. I like problem solvers. I like people that say, you know what, this is going to be a real task. We have never really encountered this type of large uh, task before, but I just got a feeling with the help of God, we can make this happen. Oh, you got to love people like that. People that have not only not lost their ambition to succeed, but they've stirred it up and it's grown in their life and they're problem solvers. I clap you, problem solver. I applaud you, man or woman that just rolls up your sleeves and says, we can do this. What about this one, being Christ-like? Acts eleven twenty six. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Antioch. Where's the ambition in our heart? And I know it's in many of you tonight. I'm, I'm being general when I make that type of statement. But I know many of you have it. When we look at things and people that are watching you, we go, I've got to be Christ-like. I've got to be Christian. That means more than just saying I'm a church member. It means when they look at you, do they see actions like the Lord would have? Do they see attitudes like Jesus Christ would possess? Do they see answers and responses and, and, and question answering like Jesus would do? Brother and sister, it won't take much when you make up your mind, I want to be more Christ-like. That might be missing in your life now, but it won't take long for you to find that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do we do all of that? I'm asking again. How do we do all of that? Stirring up, finding, rekindling. Hallelujah. Well, the answer is in our opening text. How do you find it if it went missing? Luke 15, verse 8. You have to sweep the house. Last place I remember having it, has someone ever said to you, okay, when's the... You, where did you leave that, what you're looking for? Well, if I knew where I left it, it wouldn't be missing. Something better to ask is, where's the last place you remember having that or seeing that? Huh? Sweep the house. I know I had that when I was in the house yesterday, when I was in the garage last night, when I was in my office this afternoon. I know I saw it then. So the first thing you have to do is start sweeping the house. Clean up your house. You got to start at home, brother. You got to start at home, sister. It's not your husband's job to start it, your mom's job to start it. You have to sweep the house. If you want to find something you've lost, put the broom in your hand. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like preaching to somebody today. You have to sweep the house. Woo. And the second thing the Bible said, Jesus said, she sought diligently. Well, have you looked for it? Yeah. Well, you haven't moved from that spot. How hard have you looked for it? 
Mom, I lost my pencil. Dad, I lost my baseball glove. When did you first discover that? Two minutes ago. You've been standing right there for two minutes. You've got to look for it. You can't find something that you don't try to look for or you don't attempt to find by looking for. Sweep the house. Guess what? The missing coin of Luke 15, 7, 8, and 9, it never left the house. It never left her abode. But it left my pocket. It left my hand. I'm trying to tell you tonight, be encouraged. The thing you've lost is still at home. It's still there. It's still in the house of God. It's still at an altar. You just got to sweep your house, sweep your mind, sweep your thoughts, sweep your vocabulary, sweep your heart until you find that thing. Search diligently. Seek with diligence and desire. God, I'm not happy having lost my joy. I'm not happy, happy having lost my ambition. I'm not happy having lost my faith. I want it back, Lord. And God is saying, go find the broom. Go find the broom. Search diligently. Search, seek diligently. Until you find that which was lost. Search diligently until you find that which was lost. Praise God. I know you're thinking about some things tonight in your life. Maybe your happiness or your joy or your peace of mind. Something that you used to have and it's just missing now. We're going to pray about that right now. We're going to pray that God shows you where that's at. Oh, it's been right there all this time. Ever find something and go, my goodness, it was right under my eyes. I'm going to pray God give you a spiritual eye opening tonight. I'm going to pray God give you a spiritual awakening that, that that joy you lost, that hope you've lost, that faithfulness you used to have. It just, it just it was like breathing, but now it's not there anymore. I'm praying tonight, God, open my eyes as I sweep my mind, as I sweep my memory, that I can find that which was missing. What's missing after you sweep? Nothing. You're going to find it, brother and sister. You're going to find exactly what you're looking for. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord, I ask you, God, tonight, touch my mind, touch my heart, encourage my soul. Help me, God, as I sweep through my heart tonight to find that which went missing. I know you didn't take it. I know my neighbor didn't steal it. I just misplaced it somewhere along the way. God, let me see it. Let me turn it over as I'm sweeping. Let me turn it around as I'm praying tonight. Oh, God, I want to be more diligent about my search for that which I need to have, but somehow it went missing. Oh, whatever it might be, faithfulness, joy, happiness, forgiveness for somebody that has wronged you. In the name of the Lord, open my understanding, God. Open my friend's heart. Open our eyes that we might see how to do it. It's right there. The coin is right in front of you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, love you, Palmer. Bless your heart in the name of the Lord.